Show with Ken Kidney. Good morning, good evening, good night, and welcome to this special We End edition of the podcast. This week, we review the long-awaited Captain America Civil War. I'm sure you're waiting with bated breath to hear our hot takes on the film of the summer, some might say. But uh, before we get to that, I might introduce my co-host, my brother, my buddy. Gar, how are you doing? This is the end of an era, Ken. You think it's the end of an era? What, why, what makes you say that? This is the first time we're recording the podcast and we're not face-to-face. I know. It's a, it's a temporary measure, uh, just in case you're wondering at home. Me and Gar are actually doing this over Skype this week. It's a, an experiment, but because uh, we are of our busy and hectic schedules, we're, uh, we couldn't get together in the same room this week, so we're relying on technology, so hopefully it doesn't fail us. It's, it's recording anyway, that's a plus. Yes, it is. Um, but no, Gar, I shall not let this come between us. Skype, Skype cannot, cannot replace the electricity, uh, the electricity, the sheer electricity we have when we're in a room together, Gar. It, it cannot literally fill the give or take what three mile gap between us at the moment. Yeah, I think it's less than that. It's like two miles, maybe. Three, three kilometers. Three kilometers. I don't think in kilometers, Gar. I think in miles. We have kilometers, okay. And you should be thinking in kilometers. Yeah, but like I'm very Americanized by by our Americanized culture. Mm. So again, civil war. Civil war. We'll get to that in a moment. But Gar, we do have a tradition at the start of the show. So I'm going to ask you, how was your week? I went to see civil war again. <laughs> I also went to see civil war. I'm actually just back from civil war. Yeah. I, I was in a packed cinema. Uh, I, I'm, we're doing this quite late as we speak. It's about twelve o'clock in, at night. Um, I stayed for the post-credit scene. That's why we're, uh, I was delayed. Sorry, Gar. I I was having food. I got I got Dino's on the way home from work. Nice. Yeah. Fast so, food is the best food. It's consider- fast and it's food and it's nice. Yeah. Considering you're just out of Civil War, Ken. Gut instincts. Yes. Gut reactions. Gut instincts. I, and people are going to hate me for this, but I'm not as blown away as I thought I would be. But maybe mm-hmm. it's because, like, hear me out, but maybe it's because, like, you know, a lot of people went to see it before me and they talked it up. So maybe I built it up to be something it wasn't going to be. But it was still probably one of the best in in, in the in the Marvel canon, I would say. And uh, I, I really, really, like, I really, like, I really enjoyed it. And I, like, if, I think I think I think it's worth a second watch, though. It is the best film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, I, the moments were the moments were you know of the only way I can describe it of basic fandom were 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 on point. So I have to say that. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I it's 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 amazing. It's amazing on so many levels. It's a tremendous film on pretty much every level. Ken is a horrible human being for not loving it. You can throw up tomatoes at him when you see him. You have my permission to pelt him with tomatoes for not loving it. It's because he's a filthy Team Iron Manner, and Team Iron Manners don't like things. Captain America went rogue and nearly and nearly destroyed everything that we hold dear just to help his 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 fugitive friend Bucky Barnes. Yeah, we should put a disclaimer. There's not going to be major spoilers here, but like in order to talk about a film, you're going to inherently have to spoil certain aspects. So we'd recommend you see the film before you listen to this. 
So hit pause and go go watch the film and then come back. But, but you've been warned. We're not going to like spoil endings or major plot points, but you know, it's a film review. You know what you're getting. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to press pause right now for you to go see the film and now come back and listen to our, 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 our excellent takes on the film. Okay. Indeed. I okay, love. Okay, welcome back. Damn it! This is the problem, Ken. This, these are the problems we don't have when we're, we're in the same room. That's true. I, I think I sold that pretty well. Yeah. You're welcome. But uh, before we get, dive in deep to the film that was Captain America: Civil War, how, how was your week, Eric? Besides that. But that's that's all I did this week. That's literally my week. I bought I bought a Captain America T-shirt after Civil War. Good. Good. Uh, um, yeah, uh, I can't think of anything else I did this week. So let's just talk about Captain America again. Stop, stop delaying here. I'm trying to be polite. So what didn't you like about the film, Ken? You, you, you have reservations. What didn't you like? I, th- I just thought like it's it's building to something that's going to be great, and I suppose the end game here is Infinity War. But I just thought there was a lot of world building in it. It kind of like Batman versus Superman, like like a lot of time waiting to get to the good stuff. That's, that, that probably was my only drawback for me. I thought our Black Panther being in this film, I didn't think there was pretty much any world building. Black Panther was the only part of this film that felt like we're putting this here in particular to build towards something in the future. Spider-Man to a degree, but Spider-Man worked on his own in this film more than Black Panther did. I, th- I think so too. I think I think Spider-Man, like, hopefully it's going to be a long-term arrangement with Fox to have Spider-Man within the Marvel Universe. Uh, the, the Disney Marvel Universe. Uh, Sony. Uh, I should say. Uh, so- Sony, sorry, excuse me. Fox but, have um, the X-Men. What? Fox have the X-Men. They do have the X-Men. Sorry. I got. Uh, I must apologize, Gareth. But, um, as you know, I, I actually really liked Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther. And, uh, like, I have to say, his, his suit was badass. But uh, someone said this to me, and I can't unthink it now, that the, the claws on the Black Panther costume looked really feminine. Do you have a problem with that, Ken? I don't. I don't have a problem with that, but like, it just made me rethink the character completely. You you want some badass Wolverine claws instead? Yeah, but Wolverine might not be too happy with that. Wolverine has manly claws. Black Panther has girly claws. Ken Ken hates girly claws. Uh, I don't hate girly claws. I just think that they're out of place on a man. That's all I'm saying. Oh, men can't do what they like, can they, Ken? You're putting more words in my mouth, Gary. Here's here's another thing. What's with made up African countries in superhero films? I like I find it weird the countries they make up and the countries they don't make up. Yeah. Like this film bounced between like Romania and Berlin and America and Russia. But then there's That's like Nigeria. Yeah, and then there's there's like uh what's the name of his his country? Wakanda. Yeah, Wakanda, and there's the one from um Age of Ultron as well. Sokovia. Yeah, there's so many made. Why do they make those ones up, but they don't make up like Berlin? <laughs> yeah, I don't really get it either. Like, and uh, like if you watch Batman versus Superman, there's a made-up African country in that as well. What was that one called? I really can't remember. But what are, what are they afraid of? It the the, the freaking Batman versus Superman was the worst-sounding like made-up African name ever. Yeah, it's not re- it's not really coming to me at the moment, but it, it will. But this is not Batman versus Superman review. Um, It'll become that in a minute, though, when we compare them, because comparing them is inevitable, and one does come yeah. out on top. Of, oh well, oh, most definitely, uh, definitely, Gar. But 
I, I think maybe we just start from the beginning um, and talk about the, ma- the major wins this film had. What do you think? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider-Man stole the show from for me. Yep. Um, Tom Holland's Spider-Man is something I'm all in on. Can't wait for his film. I think Andrew Garfield was the type of Spider-Man that I could buy into in terms of the portrayal of the character. It was more what I had envisioned for Spider-Man, kind of like the, the 90s cartoon. I think I think Tom Holland is a step further towards that as well. Like, basically, I think the really funny thing about Spider-Man and really interesting about thing about Spider-Man is basically it's a teen, a child more or less, with godlike powers. And like the fact that he's so immature about it is really funny and relatable. Yeah, he's just like, I'm a kid. Who's a superhero? You want to come fight Captain America? Sure thing. Like, he had all the, the, the best lines in this film. Uh, like, all of the comedy came from him, more or less. Like, so, some, some there was uh, some other jokes in there. Actually, kind of didn't really land for me. But Spider-Man just had me had me cracking up. And, nice. But, like, it wasn't at the expense of his, uh, of his character, though. So, like, like, he did crack the jokes, but it didn't make him look kind of like a joke. Like, he, he, we were still able to take him seriously. What I liked about the film is it there's there's three very distinctive acts. Yeah. There's like act one, which is a very serious like examination of, of power and whether it could be controlled. And that's what divides Tony Stark and, and Steve Rogers. Then there's act two, which is like, let's lump as many jokes as humanly possible into this badass airport hangar fight scene. It's just like, we have the very serious first act and the very serious third act. So we have this middle bit that we're going to shove in every joke known to man. And I loved it. Before we get down to business in the third act. Yep. Uh, another huge win in that fight scene, Giant Ant-Man. Giant Ant-Man. He, he, we have to rename him. He's, he's Giant Man. Well, I suppose that I, like, I, like, I had actually forgotten about that. Ant-Man like, goes both ways. Yeah. Oh, he, uh, but... he likes men too. I don't know. I don't know anything about uh, Paul Rudd or or uh, Scott Lang, but uh, it's possible, and I'm okay with that, despite what you may think. Yeah, Ken's intolerant of all things. I'm intolerant of Black pa- Panther claws and and <laughs> and Ant Man being gay. No, I, I, I. But like, he likes the women, or maybe he's pretending to like women. I don't know. He's a fan that's, of the Wasp. Uh, yeah, that's getting a bit sidetracked. I thought I thought she might show up in this movie, but uh. Maybe they're waiting for the Ant-Man sequel for that. In fairness, very few of the women of the Marvel Universe ever show up in any of these films. I like I like how they like they like made an excuse for uh, Gwyneth Paltrow being there because they couldn't be bothered having her in it. Yeah, and like Pepper Potts never makes it into the the big films, and neither does Wasp. No, nope. uh, but the, she is slated for the sequel because I'm pretty sure the Ant-Man sequel is called Ant-Man and Wasp. It is. Well, she, she'll definitely be in the Ant-Man film. Do you, do you think that that uh, the, the Sony and Disney deal can can work in the long term, as in they can coexist? Now, on Sony's part, having Spider-Man in the, in this universe, the, the promotion it generates for Spider-Man Homecoming is is that worth it long term? Is that like, or, or is it just kind of a an uneven relationship? Do you think? Do you think Disney are getting more out of it than Sony will? I come out of this film desperately wanting to see Tom Holland's solo Spider-Man film. So they kind of win. Because like his, yeah. his Spider-Man's amazing. He's awesome in this film. Because like he's he's funny, he's weird, he's quirky, he's not brooding in the slightest, thank God. 
no and Toby Maguire on a scale on a scale on a scale of, of Toby Maguire to everything else. He's he's definitely on the you know the anything else but Tony Maguire Toby Maguire scale. That 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 Spider Man that Spider Man is the Spider Man I never want to see again. That was so rubbish. He can go away, yeah. But this film, uh, the, you course, can't yeah, help but compare it to Batman versus Superman. I suppose since it's so recent and, and so different, and they do the, the, the comparisons are coming. And they do broadly the same thing. They pit two major characters or good guy characters against one another. I I like the way I, I uh this is a bit of a spoiler so block your ears if you're if you're listening at the moment. I like the way that it wasn't resolved in the end. It wasn't kind of tied up in a neat little bow, you know. But yeah, that's what that's what I like most because in Batman versus Superman they punched each other for a while. Bigger threats showed up and they teamed up. Or isn't it? That's what I assumed would happen here. I assumed the bigger threat, and they even tease the bigger threat. Actually, that's the way they lead you, but then they swerve you at the end. But again, spoilers. We gave you the warning. Um, but Batman as versus Superman took kind of the easy way out, where they're friends in the end, whereas this didn't. There was consequences to these people fighting, which is great. Yeah. This film and doesn't exist in a vacuum. It, it means something. Exactly, and it works in two ways. They can all go their separate ways for separate films now, leading up to to uh, Infinity War in twenty nineteen, twenty twenty. As far as I know, part one and part two, but like the 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 conflict that they created in this film makes it all the interesting, more interesting for Infinity War. Like, how are they going to come back together? Can they coexist again? Can they trust each other again to create the great conflict, internal conflict that will you know make the overall conflict a lot more compelling. Would you agree? Yeah, and because the, the, they, they've driven the wedge between Captain America and Iron Man, and inherently something big will have to bring them back together, which kind of at least sells the threat of uh, Thanos eventually showing up. Exactly. Uh, uh, there is rumors coming out during the week that, uh, that you know, uh, previously, Tony, uh, not Tony Stark. I, I think it's Tony Stark and Robert Downey Jr. is the same person these days. He's so synonymous, synonymous with that role. But there's rumors of an Iron Man four with him attached. Like, and you know, previously he said he was done doing solo Iron Man films. So maybe he got cold feet and decided, wait a second, this is a good gig. I'll just write it for as long as I can. Well, he'll be in Infinity Wars, and he's also going to be in Spider-Man: Homecoming. So it's not yeah. like. He's he's out of this universe. He's still a, a, an integral part of it. Actually, before while talking about Robert Downey Jr., weird CGI young Robert Downey Jr. Ken, terrifying. Terrifying in the way that it was really well done. It like, was. You know, I was like, is that an no? That that's that's actually him. Ah, is that stock footage from from one of his eighties movies? But like really well done and. Uh, uh, the the way that it, it, they tied it to his past as well, you know, and kind of brought his his, his storyline with his dad full circle was really interesting as well. We'll get onto that in a minute. There was aspects of that I did, that I didn't like, but uh, we'll we'll talk about more about that in a minute. What are the other major thr- uh, major uh, uh, major pluses for you in this movie, Gar? It was a Captain America film, which is yeah. it sounds like a trite thing to say, but it's something I really liked about this film. That even though it had Spider Man in it, it had Ant Man, it had everyone in it. It was still at its core like a cap a film about Captain America characters with kind of Captain America themes and Captain America stories. So like even though they added everything else around it, it still felt true to being a Captain America film rather than allowing it to become like an Iron Man film guest starring Captain America. 
Yeah, I completely agree. And like, I think we talked about this before and you kind of had reservations and, and like a, a big part of me felt like it was going to be Avengers 2.5. But like it really ended up being the opposite of that. Oh, it's totally different to the Avengers. Like in, in every way. It's better than both of them. <laughs> because there was, there was no big threat that brought him together in the end. The the the, the whole uh, crux of the film, there was no villain. It was just the, the internal conflict and what that means for the rest of the universe. Like, and- it's, it's 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 it opens up so many possibilities and like but like they, like and the way that they you know like at the end like you kept ex- expecting something to kind of bring them back together and it didn't and i thought that was re- refreshing that like you know disney go for happy endings more often than not but uh this creates something much more interesting for the movies ahead i think especially for infinity war as i said yeah they didn't take the easy way out all the action scenes are awesome Especially like the airport hangar scene is the best scene in any Marvel film to date. It's amazing. It's it's like incredible. It's so incredible. Good. Like so many so many moments that were like 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 nerd out moments, but they weren't. They didn't feel gratuitous or just kind of shoehorned in there. You know, yeah. the way Spider Man moved was just incredible. Like it seems like natural, but also like obviously he has superhuman abilities. But like it was so believable. Like that you could that you actually could believe that like a being like this could exist that it looks so kind of real it, it, like the movement was so natural is that am i being weird here do you, you kind of get what i'm saying yeah i do because tom holland is a dancer yeah and he he brought some of those kind of that kind of physicality and that kind of movement to spider-man which kind of made it kind of neat yeah and the the the, the costume is awesome i think it's the closest i've ever seen to what i think a spider-man costume should look like mm. so it's kind of a cool thing because like Spider-Man's a nerd and he's able to kind of create his own tech and that's cool and he has the, the superhuman abilities but like Stark aspect is going to like take it to a whole other level so like like I think that's a really smart partnership both in terms of obviously you know dollar bills but also in terms of like you know building a, a, a different narrative from the, the, the previous you know two incarnations that we've had now of Spider-Man in the last 10 years also weird little thing Bucky and um falcon don't get along because they're naturally both competing to be captain america's sidekick i kind of love that that was that was a uh, that was a nice little internal struggle and one one bit i actually lolled that and i don't say lol very often here is uh like when they're in the back of the car uh, waiting for for steve rogers to to you know to like you know say goodbye to his, his bit on the side and like it's out of nowhere he just goes i hate you <laughs> <laughs> oh it's great it's a great film yeah, fantastic. And it, like uh, as I said, that that middle portion of the film is the bit where they like, we're doing a serious film here, but there's going to be a portion where they're just going to shove in tons of jokes, and it's like thumbs up. And you know, stuff for the fans like giant Ant Man, Spider Man kicking ass, uh, all of them fighting like, each other in amazing action scenes. I, I think I, I I hadn't seen much of Tom Holland. Uh, I've seen bits and pieces of him in Billy Elliot, and as you said, he's a he's a dancer previously, but like I really like this kind of like balance of like 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 there's two personas and I really like the like that Peter Parker his portrayal of Peter Parker and Spider-Man are two distinct personas like he's Peter Parker is unsure of himself like he's like a genius and he's a superhero but he's unsure of himself he he's he's you know humble he just you know he's nerdy he's kind of nervous and then Spider-Man is the exact opposite I thought that was a really cool juxtaposition as well also the word uncle ben is not mentioned once thank God. Yeah, and, like, and obviously that's going to play a 
the Uncle Ben thing will play a role in the, the solo film and fine. But like we've seen yeah. that enough times. Yeah, I, I would really like if they kind of change change up the story where if you had Uncle Ben, like, like really, is there any need to kill him off? You know, I assume he's already dead. Yeah, because he's because he's already Spider-Man as far as I know. I will not accept another origin story. <laughs> so like, 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 well, we don't need one now because, you know, Spider the new Spider-Man is established, which is the best thing. Because, like, I don't think anybody... I think it would have really damaged this film to go back to the start again. Because, like, people just don't want to see it this time. And they're not. That would make no sense. To show a character in the future and then go back into the past. Exactly. So I disliked, uh, I disliked nothing about this film. Like, literally nothing. I love this film on every level. What did you dislike? I was about to ask, I was about to ask you. There, there I ask, is there anything that you can think of that, 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 that was a drawback for you? The closest thing I can come to is Martin Freeman's accent. But even then, that's probably because I'm used to how he sounds in English with his regular accent. So it's just, it's, it would probably, if no one knew who Martin Freeman was, it would probably be fine. Plus, if you watch um, Fargo, he does an amazing Minnesota accent. That's neither here nor there. But that is literally the only thing I dislike about this film. And even, I don't even dislike it. I just found it amusing because this film is amazing, Ken, and you're horrible for not loving I think it. Kind of, I think it's kind of funny how he did, like, he kind of half committed to the American accents. Like, if he did commit to it, it would have been good. But then he just kind of, just kind of dipped into his own accent a little bit. So it was kind of a, a weird hybrid English American accent. I assume his I assume his character is meant to be New Coulson. Basically. Uh, he said on the, the Graham Norton show recently that it's a small role in this film, but he has signed up for future films and he's, his role is going to get bigger as, as, as time goes on. Because the same thing happened with Clark Craig and Coulson. He was like a, a very small side character who evolved into a greater part of the universe. Exactly. So... But there's one thing that kind of struck me, and it's a very small thing. Um, the motivation for Tony kind of falling on the kind of, you know, uh, standardization or, or, or you know, uh, uh, regulation side of the argument where that woman confronted him. is like, my son got killed. And he's like, all of a sudden he kind of grows this conscience where he's like, surely you knew that there's just like that every time you did one of these or you know went went to the rescue in these big battles like the collateral damage is massive you know you just have to look around you after to see it well i'm like, I'm, I'm a little more fine with that because he directly caused that destruction you know he created yeah. ultron it wasn't the case of you know they went to save somebody and he accidentally shot a building down it was something that was a direct consequence of his action and now he feels that even he himself needs to be checked because mentally he can't check himself as it proved in Age of Ultron. I guess it's kind of a come to Jesus moment, but I just felt like it was kind of like now all of a sudden it gets to you. Like, like, like I suppose like you could, if you try to pick, think about it that way, it, it happened the same way in the first Iron Man movie where he just kind of all of a sudden decided that, you know, I, I don't want to, to live this way anymore. So, you know, it's not, it's not unprecedented for the character. I just thought, you know, it just seemed a bit kind of convenient Maybe I'm being a bit critical here. I can accept that. Like, I, I could understand if you were making like the same case about like Scarlet Witch and she felt she needed to be checked because she accidentally killed some people on a mission. Yeah. But I, I, I do think Tony Stark was like directly responsible for like Ultron enough to, to justify him feeling extraordinarily guilty for innocence dying at the hands of Ultron. I hadn't thought about that. Scarlet Witch is a tough character for me because she, sh like, in the comic books, she, like, she's immensely powerful. And, like, 
she's almost we took uh, i think uh, the group of people i went with talked about this she's almost overpowerful to the point where when she's defeated it's not really that believable it's hard to kind of come up with scenarios for her to be kind of outmatched it's but i suppose maybe that's the reason for the, uh, the vision because you know he's so overpowerful that they maybe cancel each other out you know like so they pork each other and have an amazing baby yeah, exactly. What would they call it? The, the Vision Witch, Scarlet Scarlet Vision. That's re- oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah, that's actually an awesome name. <laughs> but, <laughs> it is. But like, I suppose uh, like there's two sides of the argument. Like you, you worry about creating a vi- vi- uh, a villain too powerful. That's like, you know, that that a team of Avengers can't you know believably take it down. But like you also worry about creating a team. And like going to war is Infinity War. I can't think that you know Spider-Man will probably stay involved. You know, Guardians of the Galaxy might be in there. Uh, like, is this team too powerful to to believably be taken down by Thanos? Like, I I don't know. And that maybe is why it was so smart to divide them. Exactly. The idea that Thanos will succeed because he divides them, say, in Infinity War two, and then they come together in or in Infinity War one. And then they come together as a, as a, a unit, as, as a combined everything in the entire freaking Marvel Universe, if you want to throw Daredevil and the Punisher and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in there. And then they come together as one to defeat him. If you think about it, uh, you know, it was revealed at the end of Infinity, or excuse me, at Age of Ultron, that basically Thanos had kind of indirectly through, you know, moving his pawns caused Ultron in a way. Because so, of the Infinity Stone. It, Exactly. Is this another part of his chess match that he's, you know, his his plan, his phase, his phase is to divide the the Avengers? Like, like we, obviously it wasn't alluded to in the film because there's no scene with Thanos in it. Uh, sorry if you if you're disappointed by that, but like, like has Thanos through his action previous actions caused these actions as well? So is this all part of his master plan? Because this is the first film of Phase Three. It is. So who knows what they'll be going for, really? I I just worry about like, and, and I suppose I, I was going to introduce this as a topic, you know, the future of, of the of the franchises uh, and you know the Avengers franchise in general. But now that we're into it, let's let's keep going. Like, would it be a mistake to overload the Avengers, like you know, to make them too powerful? Well, before before we do that, like Doctor Strange is out twenty sixteen. Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Thor Ragnarok are out in 2017. Then there's Black Panther in 2018, Infinity War Part 1 in 2018. Then after that, there's Ant-Man and Captain Marvel in 2018, and Avengers Infinity War Part 2 in 2019. So that is the immediate future of this this universe. Yeah, and and, and they did, they did uh, a, a good thing by keeping Thor out of this one, I think. Yeah, and Hulk. It would have been overkill. It would have been Avengers. It would have been Avengers 2.5. Then you know, yeah. Uh, and it just would have been overkill. Uh, I think going plus, forward, I think plus uh, Thor and Hulk are too powerful. You know, if they took yeah. a side, they'd murder like Hawkeye. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> like he's puny arrows. Yeah. But uh, also, um, I would have been okay if Hawkeye stayed in retirement because I'm not a fan. I actually, I don't mind Hawkeye since. Um, Age of Ultron. I thought they they added layers to his character in Age of Ultron, and like I liked him for he was he's not in this film for a considerable portion. He's only in that second act really, altogether. And I was like, I like you in this film, and I don't really like Jeremy Renner. So good job, guys. 
Yeah, I'm not really a fan of Jeremy Renner either, to be honest. As an actor, like he, he basically killed the Bourne franchise to the point where they had to bring uh, Matt Damon back to, to revive it. But that's another podcast, I think. Uh, I think I think going forward, they have to be very careful about you know stacking the Avengers lineup for Infinity War. It, it needs to be believable that you know Thanos is a big threat for them. I know he's like probably the biggest baddie that they've got. So, but uh, you know they've got like. like the potential they have now with you know you know putting in Doctor Strange, putting in the Guardians, you know that's like a lot of weight on their side, even against a villain like Thanos, you know. Yeah, just also to note, the Anthony and Joe Russo, who directed Civil War, will also be directing Infinity War. It's I, I really like that. I think it, it kind of creates a cohesive vision about where it's, it's where about where you know the, the next phase is going. I, I think. Uh, they are the right guys to, to, to direct this film because primarily I think Captain America lives and breathes on the, the physicality and the, the, the fight scenes. And they, you know, it's one thing they do very well. It's, it's fight scenes. Things are very well choreographed. You talk about the, the airport scene, but the scenes the start when they were in Nigeria was also amazing as well. Yeah. It's amazing how they went from like community and arrested development and like small scale comedies to these humongous blockbuster films, like in one step. It's not like they went through this process. It's like they went from community to Captain America Civil War. There's also, we won't spoil it, there's a fun little community cameo in there too, isn't there? Exactly. Uh, I, I, was, I, I actually wore my heart to see that as well. Yep, and but... Dan, Danny Pudi was in uh, Winter Soldier, so this is this is a thing apparently. Yeah, it's a little... little... Uh, Easter egg for for community fans, but I, I suppose to your point, Gar, Joss Whedon actually opened the door for these guys. I think he, he created, you know, he he's paving the way for, you know, smaller, you know, people who are, who come from smaller backgrounds who aren't, you know, Michael ba- the Michael Bay's of this world to to take the reins of these big action films. I think we're I think we're the better for it. Uh, uh, it's just kind of. Like Hollywood is dominated by like a certain amount of kind of you know politics, but it's kind of I, I kind of liken it to wrestling. Like like the Hollywood community is open to more kind of creative people now, not just people with influence. You know, I think it's kind of a a new wave of of talent and it needed to happen. Just like any industry, it needed to happen, and it's kind of refreshing to see people like that, people like people with 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 stories to tell, to making it to to the big stage. And again, we're we're thirty minutes into the We End show, so so we're gonna we're gonna have to wrap up. So uh, final thoughts, Gar. What do you think? Uh, what what's your lasting impression of this film, and where do you think it's gonna lead us to in the future? It's amazing. That's my lasting impression. It's it's tremendously constructed. It's hilarious and and very emotionally considered in in equal measure, depending on what part of the film you're talking about. It's kind of emotionally mature as well. It it deals with the same topics that Batman versus Superman dealt with, but in a much, much better way. It's it's not nearly as contrived. It's not nearly as cheap. It's a brilliant film. It's a brilliant film on so many levels. It's the best Marvel film made to date. I think think Batman versus Superman shot itself in the foot that it kind of ask a glaring question is like what is the point in these heroes why should they exist you know whereas the whereas captain america asked the same questions but it kind of resolved it in the end that there's two camps and they're never going to agree that makes more sense than 
whatever Batman versus Superman was trying to tell me, I still haven't figured that out. But yeah, this, that's the problem. Know. That film didn't tell you anything. They finished that film with a cheap conclusion worth everyone's pals. Whereas this film, it had a conclusion with impact. It had a conclusion that actually had a bearing on the universe that it is within. And like and even like gonna... Batman versus Superman, this is like their their ending is should be substantial, but they even undercut it before the film is even over. So that's stupid. Batman vs Superman is bad. Captain America Civil War is really very good. I think it sends shockwaves through the future of the of the Avengers, you know, franchise and movie set that's gonna last for years to come. So it's built a lot it's built a great framework for the next phase, but it also it stands it stands as a movie on its own as well. And uh I think everyone's on point here. Like uh, uh, one more thing I want to mention it's really funny watching the vision wearing like normal clothes it's just bizarre and trying to watching him try to be a human being and actually try to flirt with somebody brilliant yeah. uh, Paul Bettany is, is, is a fantastic actor but uh, that's our review on Captain America Civil War Iron Man 1 I think we can both agree um, no Team Cap whatever Gary thank you as always for taking the time to click play or to download on the podcast uh, as usual, you can find a new episode every Saturday on soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK. Or you can also find us on iTunes. We're, uh, we're on iTunes because uh, Steve Jobs is a big fan from beyond the grave. If you if you like the show, please write us a review. Why not? It, it would really make a difference. And uh, uh, Captain America will come to your house and sing you happy birthday. It won't just be me in a Captain America mask, I swear. Uh, an Iron Man will show up as well, and it won't be me in an Iron Man mask. Wearing a, a, a dodgy goatee, just going pew pew. One thing I wanted to say as well: Tony Stark's hair always looks amazing. It does, even like, when he's like, like, in, like in the in the helmet. It's just like God. What do you do to that hair? Why does it look so good? So incredible. But we're getting sidetracked. Next week, we're gonna talk talk our top ten Disney songs. We're gonna have uh, rival lists as well, so that's gonna create a bit of conflict. It's Team Cap against Team Iron Man all over again. Exactly, we're going to end up killing each other by the time this podcast is finished. But uh, that's good. It's going to be a great episode next week, so <laughs> you make sure to tune in and send us your own Disney lists on Twitter at TWSKK or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. You can find our best bits on YouTube uh, if you would like. Gareth started doing that, so thanks very much. Iron Man 1. Uh, music, as always, is by Mr. John. And until next time, say goodbye, Gareth. Bye-bye. Take it easy, everybody. <laughs>